0: Good afternoon, this is Terry Bishelia, Johns Hopkins University Museum Studies master's degree student in the Designing Museum Web Projects Fall 2018 class. I'm here with Sarah Reck, the Senior Digital Marketing Manager at the Heinz History Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hi Sarah.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: I'm good, thank you. Thanks for talking with me today. (laughs) <laughs> Sarah, would you please tell us a little bit about what you do at the Heinz History Center?
1: Of course. So, um, as digital marketing manager, I take care of pretty much all of the museum's uh, digital uh, digital aspects. So that includes our website, um, HeinzHistoryCenter.org. It includes all of our social media platforms. It includes our email marketing. Um, I also do some digital advertising mostly through uh, Google AdWords and Facebook. Uh, I also take care of some video production when we are using it for
0: social media. I did notice um, on your LinkedIn page the two clips that you included, um, the Tank and uh, the Slinky the slinky slide uh, yeah. down the stairs. Um, with our class project, um, we've written a, a project brief, um, identified and surveyed users, and created user personas and stories to help us fully flesh out usability and content details. Can you tell us a little bit about what your process is when you're creating online and digital programming materials, et cetera?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. I- one thing that I like to keep in mind is that the platform that each platform is different. You know, the audience is different in each platform. Um, kind of the way you want to write the content, you want to create everything. Everything needs to go for the platform itself. So when you're, you know, looking at, for instance, a website, um, you want to, especially for a museum, you want it, to utilize it in the sense of it's not only a marketing piece, but it's also a content piece. And so that's one of the things that I've tried very hard to do here at the History Center. Um, I came on board about four and a half years ago in the middle of a redesign of our website. So I had the opportunity to kind of drive and project manage the whole redesign and relaunch of our website. And besides the marketing aspect, which is you know we want to make sure that people who visit know the hours at admission. They know, you know, what exhibits we have. Everything like that. We also wanted to make sure that the website was a content hub, so it wasn't just, you know, three lines about an exhibit we have, but it was three lines about an exhibit we have plus, you know, photos, uh, blog content. Um, you know, we have a great museum staff here that, you know, they're all experts in their fields, and so I really want to utilize them in making sure that they're giving me content. Um, that's unique um, that people might not see here, but they might see online and then want to come here and learn even more. Um, And then when you're moving over into other digital aspects, um, whether that's an email newsletter, which really kind of is more of a marketing piece, or social media where I believe in that like 70%, 30% kind of difference on social media where 70% is you know, original content, fun content, versus the 30% of actual marketing or events or promotion. Um, and so I really just sit back and take a look at what the purpose is for each platform and then use that to drive, you know, the content that I'm putting out.
0: Okay, great. That's excellent. Thank you. Um so uh, in, in, along those lines, it's, you had mentioned that um, you seek out the experts in the museums uh, it, from the staff to really provide you with the material and the content that you need um, to market as well as um, just inform in general. Um, do you hold special meetings or how do you, how do, you do that, uh, you know, the physicality of that?
1: Yeah, um, I keep editorial calendars mostly um, with regards to our social media and our blog. I, I definitely keep editorial content or calendars, and then, you know, I plug in depending on, you know, maybe there's like a national pickle day. Um, and so we have the Heinz collection here, and so we have right. a lot of things about pickles. Um, so I know that there's a National Pickle Day, and so I know that I want to reach out to, you know, either our registrar or one of our curators about what we have in our collection for that. Um, we have a very small staff, or not? I guess not super small, but it's a pretty small staff. So it's very easy for me to just walk over and ask them for something. Um, <laughs> but I do, you know, I try to keep schedules, uh, you know, via email and saying like, hey, these. Three things are coming up, which um, which of you you might might have some time because now I, w- I always want to be um, I want to be careful about everyone's time as well. So here another good example is this Christmas I'm going to do a blog that kind of features a few of the curators' favorite things, kind of playing off of that um, holiday song. Oh fun! Um, right. So you know I just sent out an email and said this is what I want, this is what I need from each of you, and here's a deadline like a month and a half away. Um, who's in, um, you know, if you can't, totally fine, don't worry about it. Um, so, I, you know, that's kind of how I look at it is either if I need something immediately, I can go talk to someone. I do try to give people a longer lead time.
0: Okay, great. I'm sure that'll be fun. I'll, I'll definitely make sure to check that out. Um, what social media platforms are your most successful? Are there ones that Um, are more successful than others and do you use all the platforms regardless of your outcome objectives so
1: our focus is Facebook Twitter and Instagram um, we have some of the other platforms. We experimented very briefly with Snapchat. We have a Pinterest page. Um, we used to have a Flickr account that I guess is, is technically still live, um, but really the focus is on that, you know, big three: the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. Um, as far as engagement goes, our highest, our h- platform with the highest engagement is Facebook, and and one of the reasons that is is because our our member base and our visitor base tend to be the type of people who are on Facebook, kind of that baby boomer generation. Um, The one that has grown the most, at least in the four and a half years I've been here, has been Instagram. I put a lot of time and and energy into growing that because I feel like that is an audience that we want to be reaching. Um, Mm. And I also feel like as far as a museum goes, a museum has so many opportunities for great visuals. Whether it's the artifacts, whether it's people in galleries, whether it's historic photos, um, whether it's the architecture of a building that a museum is housed in, and I feel like Instagrams a really good, a really good place for that kind of content. Um, Twitter is always hit or miss. Um, one of the <laughs> reasons I find Twitter hit or miss is because, like, you know, it has that news feed, or it has the feed that isn't always. I mean, if you don't see it, you probably won't see it again um, right. because everything moves so quickly. Uh, we do use it, and, and we have success here and there. It depends. Um, it depends on if, you know, we tag the right people. Um, we have a Western Pennsylvania Sports Museum is here, so we have a lot of content from the Pittsburgh um, you know, Pirates or Steelers or Penguins So our, our big um, sports teams here. And so if I can get... You know a tweet out there, and you know the pirates retweet it that that's some that's a good measure of success there, but I mean they don't retweet everything that we we post about the pirates all the time
0: right right, oh, that's great, thank you very much. What projects um, have been successful that you've worked on, and how do you measure success? What really constitutes success in your strategic plan? Do you have it outlined in your strategic plan? Um, Is it increased views, increased shares, likes, comments?
1: Yeah. And again, I think that this does kind of depend on the platform. Um, I can start back with the website as one of the goals when we redesigned and relaunched it was to have, you know, a lot more visitors to the website, um, make it easier to navigate, you know, people able to use it on their mobile devices. And so that is all, you know, pretty measurable. I can look at, you know, the, the analytics from before the website or the old website and then to the new website. And I can even look, you know, yearly and see that we are getting a lot more visitors to the website and people are spending more time on the website, which, again, that goes back to that, you know, content content hub that we want to be, um, you know, we want to be that place where people can come and get information about Pittsburgh history. So, uh, the fact that people are reading the blog and are staying on the website and are, are getting the information that they need, I think that's a very good measure of success. Um, as far as social media goes, uh, engagement is definitely the best measure of success. Like You can have a million followers on something, but if you know 0.1% of those followers are engaging with your content, it's not going to matter that you have a million followers. Um, so one of the ways that we look at our social media platforms is we have um, we look at us against the other kind of the other museums here in Pittsburgh, and also All us right. against similar museums in the country, um, so that we can see you know you know one museum might have you know double the followers, but their engagement isn't as high as ours. So our followers are you know our base are much more engaged with our content. Um, so I'm always looking to make sure that
0: that the engagement is higher
1: than than anything else, really.
0: Okay. So that's sort of doing that peer review um, idea in yeah. that you're looking at the other museums and, uh, of similar size and as well as similar content and measuring against them.
1: Yeah, and also getting ideas from them, right? Like, you know, if, if I see something that's really successful that another museum does on social... I think that it's perfectly fine to, to try to do that with our own you know, our own content, our own collections. Um, sure. There's also really good opportunities. The museum world, especially here in the U.S., is really great about including each other. Um, mm-hmm. There was, I think, the New York Historical Society in New York, um, last winter they tweeted out um, a museum snowball fight, so they did hashtag <laughs> snowball fight, and they pretty much posted a photo from their collection of you know snow it was I think it was during one of the blizzards last year and tagged a couple other museums as though they were throwing snowballs at them and it did kind of you know you know no pun intended, but snowball in the sense that, you
0: know,
1: <laughs> right we saw it here we saw it here in Pittsburgh, and so I grabbed it, and um actually, my colleague spotted it, and she said, "Why don't we do this?" and I said, "Great, what photos should we use um and we you know, tagged a couple museums here in Pittsburgh. And that was all on Twitter. Uh, and so that was kind of a good example of utilizing what other museums
0: are doing to our advantage. Right, right. That's great. That's great. I remember seeing that. Yeah, um, and, and Pittsburgh certainly lends itself uh, to that kind of uh, weather-related uh, uh, activity. So um, what reasons can you attribute to those um, projects or um platforms that um, did not meet your success metrics. Um, was there a particular program that you were trying to get out, you know, and it didn't, it didn't reach the audience that you thought it would, or what reasons you might attribute to it uh, not being as successful?
1: Um. I think a good example of that is we've done a couple online photo galleries. So when we had a World War II exhibit, we did a photo gallery where we had people send in their, you know, maybe their relatives or their or their friends or whoever they knew photos from World War II, and so we had a great photo gallery for that. And um, it's online, and you know, put a call out everywhere, and it worked really well. Um, so we tried to then do the same thing um, around the holidays. Um, And and we wanted, we had a toys exhibit that was opening soon. So we wanted people to send in their photos of, um, you know, Christmas morning with their favorite toy that they got. Um, And that didn't work as well as the World War II one did. And then later on we did one. We had an exhibit called Hashtag Pittsburgh, and it was photos of the city. And so we did, or photos of people in the city and everything. And so we had people submit their photo of, their, you know, the quote-unquote best Pittsburgh photo that they had. Um, and we did that both online and actually in the gallery. We took all of those photos, and there was a photo-like display at the end of the exhibit. Um, and both World War II and the Pittsburgh one worked really well, whereas the holiday one didn't. And in my opinion, the holiday one just got lost in the, in the time, you know, the mm-hmm. season. Um, I think that's one of the things I'm always trying to be very cognizant of what else is going on. Um, because if, if there's too much chatter, especially in the world of social media, then anything that you're trying to do is going to get lost. Um, yes. And so that's one thing. I don't necessarily think that everything that fails fails because it was a bad idea, but I think that maybe either wasn't executed right or the timing wasn't right. And so I would always be happy to try that again, um, just maybe not you know in December.
0: <laughs> you could do the uh, Christmas in July.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I see that um, you write most of the blogs for the museum. What's been your favorite, and what's been the most challenging to write? Um, so
1: my favorite blog that I did um, is actually around National Pickle Day, Um and so there was an opportunity to not only find some really great pickle artifacts and pickle images that we have here in our collection but also to use some good puns um, and so I always find something like that especially <laughs> on social media if I can say like we're kind of a big deal or um, you know, we hope you'll, you'll we hope you'll relish this blog post that sort of thing um, <laughs> that's really fun to do um, I've also done a couple quizzes um, so most of the blog content that I do are kind of are kind of those fun ones that are I mean all the blogs fun but it's more the not the you know intense research like I leave the historical content and the expertise to our curators who know much more about the subjects than I do um, and so any of the blogs that I take care of are the ones that are kind of like these are the top five artifacts in our African American collection or these are the you know five spookiest Halloween objects we have um, and that sort of thing whereas you know the big historical uh, type posts, I definitely... They're more challenging for me because I'm not a historian, and so I'm getting that content from someone
0: else. Okay, great. Thank you. I understand that you also have a personal blog and website, com. What skills do you use at work that you've learned by having your personal site?
1: Um, most of the skills that I use here from that are... Um, kind of the web development end of things or the graphic design. Um, now, we have a graphic designer on staff, and she's fantastic, um, but there, are, you know, there was a point where we were between graphic designers, so I did some you know, quick social graphics and things like that. So I feel like the fact that I do that in my personal life, um, you know, on my website or on my blog, and I'm using you know, photography that I've taken and things like that, those are the skills that I use
0: then um, at the office. Okay. How does measuring success on your personal site differ from measuring success at work?
1: Um probably the fact that at work I would be very sad if a blog post only got 5 people to read it whereas at home I'm very glad if 5
0: people read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I appreciate I your candor no, in that. So <laughs> no, I don't
1: I don't have I don't have too big of ambitions for my personal blog really. It's, you know, um I'm a writer, so I like to use it to get some writing out that isn't,
0: you know, isn't work-related. Right, right. Thank you. Yeah. I read on your LinkedIn page that you took uh, the Media Bistro's Social Media Marketing Bootcamp, as well as NYU's Advanced Publishing Institute's Studies in Digital uh, Book Strategy. How do these courses help you um, in your current position?
1: Uh, both of those really gave me kind of a ground level look at marketing in a way that I didn't know yet um, so I, I took both of those courses um, when I was working in the publishing industry um, and one of the good things about I think having that background is you know I was promoting a lot of books um, and you know authors and so I felt like I could take that and it was even better to move into um, promoting exhibits because you know a book has you know a certain amount of content and an exhibit has a certain amount of content. So, no, the knowledge that I gained in in you know books and talking to authors and getting interviews and that sort of thing has really led me to a more robust understanding of how to promote, um, especially on social media. So each of those courses really gave me the opportunity to, to ask questions of people who were, you know, in higher positions than I was at that time. And so I was able to, you know, take that knowledge and and integrate it into what I was doing. Um, both of those were, you know, day-long sessions where we really got down into the weeds about a lot of things. Um, some of them were a little more specific than I needed, and I think that that's that way with any of those type of courses. Um, but... I know that a lot of what I learned, uh, you know, whether that is, like I said earlier, the 70%, 30%, you know, content and promotion type thing on social media, I I definitely learned at those.
0: Great. Thank you. What's the best lesson that you've learned on the job?
1: Um, I think that it's probably that clear communication is the best communication, um, You know, I've worked with a number of people over the years, and and some people are better at, you know, communicating, whether that's email or whether that's face-to-face than others, Um, and I find that the most work, the most and best work gets done when there's a clear line of communication between you and the other people you need to work with and that there's no, you know, misunderstandings or distractions when it comes to understanding what's needed of
0: you. That's great. I appreciate that uh, that advice and that lesson um we found um in my studies I found that 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 too is the case. Um both uh in school as w- and working on projects as well as my own work life. Um what's been your most valuable experience at the center so far and why?
1: Um, I think the most valuable experience was the one where um kind of alluded to it before when we had the exhibit about Pittsburgh, and we used a lot of our uh, photograph collections, um, because it gave me the opportunity to work with the museum team in figuring out how we were going to take user-generated content, you know, the photos um, mm-hmm. that people were submitting, um, and how we were going to integrate that into the exhibit, and not only how we were going to do that, but how we were then going to you know, get people to submit so that it was integrated into the exhibit um, because we could, you know, I could tweet it out a million times and it, it. we got more people to submit by having messaging in the exhibit saying, do you want to see your picture here? Send us your best shot, that sort of thing. Um, and so it was really valuable to see what, people, what photos people were taking and how they were submitting them to us and then the knowledge that they could then go see it in the exhibit and they felt like they were a part of it.
0: How did how did you um, ultimately um, exhibit their photographs?
1: We had, um, so those like digital picture frames. Okay. Um, so we had, I think there were like 9 of them or 12 of them and so they were up in like a grid format
0: um, at cool. the end of the
1: exhibit and uh, one of the museum team staff took the photos that were submitted and you know loaded them i think i think they they were like via bluetooth or something onto each of them and they were just rotated um throughout and so you could stand there and spot yours on one of the screens and then see what else everyone else was
0: um submitting to did you this is an aside based on that on the on that information um was there then an in- increase in um physical visitors to the physical site
1: know if we have a direct way of measuring that. I think that there were definitely people who saw our call online and then came in, but I don't have any hard stats on whether or not that how true that is.
0: Okay. Thanks. What projects have you done that you felt that you've added the most value to? Um,
1: I think that the um, redesign and relaunch of the website and and going into having such an active blog. I've added a lot of value in because um, before I started, they, there wasn't a blog for the H- History Center, um, and that was definitely one of the things that I know that even before I started they wanted to do, but I've really kind of led that and, in the sense of getting the content um, because it probably would have been very easy for the the marketing team, the you know, communications team here to just say, we'll just develop all the content ourselves. Um, but that would have really, I feel like, been lacking in the expertise that's needed. So I've really made it a point to ensure that the blog is a place where people can get a lot of interesting information and a lot of different, you know, I don't want it just to be all, I don't want it to sound like you're reading a research paper. Right. But I also don't want them all to be, you know, fun quizzes. I really wanted to find that balance of different types of pieces.
0: Great, thank you. Um, what trends are you are most impacting your field right now, and how do you think the field um, will change most dramatically in the next several years?
1: Um, I think that the biggest trend right now is is kind of the um, short form video trend. Um, you know it started kind of with you know Vine, and um, then Snapchat, and now you know Instagram has Instagram Stories, and Facebook has their Facebook Stories, and so I think that that kind of content, that quick-hitting, you know, five-second video or a photo that only lasts, you know, 24 hours, I think that that's really um, kind of the trend that's happening now. Um, you know, we've been using Instagram Stories for a little bit, um, and it depends on what we're using it for, but it, I think, it's a really interesting way to get people to look at the museums in a different way um, and I think that that visual component is, is just on an upward trend and that's where it's going to keep going. Um, I also think that another trend that's probably going to, I mean it's it has started but I don't think it's necessarily for everyone yet is kind of that um, augmented reality where mm-hmm. you can you know look at something and through your phone and then something appears there. Um and I think that that virtual reality or augmented reality is is something that's going to happen a lot more over the next couple years.
0: Okay, thank you. That's definitely food for thought um and some some things to keep track of um as as we're moving through our studies as museum uh studies majors and um and then going to work in museums hopefully um, I've been to the center several times, um, and um, each time I learn something new and exciting. What's your favorite object or exhibit in the museum?
1: Ooh, um, I really like in, um... We have a Pittsburgh, a tradition of innovation exhibit, um, kind of 250 plus years of innovation here in the city. And I really like that exhibit Um, in particular. I probably, as a writer, I'm a fan of like linguistics and dialogue and stuff, dialect. And so we have a robot at the end that kind of you can watch and it, it will tell you all of the different words that Pittsburghers use. We call it Pittsburghese. Um, and it's fun to watch because I, I don't necessarily think that I have a Pittsburgh accent or use those words, but I can hear you know people around me or friends and family. and so that's probably my favorite um, part of the, of the museum. It's not an artifact. As far as an artifact goes, um, we have a slide rule that was it belonged to a woman named Bertha Lamb, and she was one of the first. Uh, female engineers um, in you know the country. Um, she worked for Westinghouse at one point, um, so we have one of her you know uh, mathematical objects in our collection, and I really like that because it's a really. I, I guess I didn't really. I, I guess I always just think you know of course there are women women engineers, but someone obviously had to be the first, um, and so it's really cool that she was from around here, and and we have her slide rule in our collection.
0: Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. In wrapping up, what professional advice would you give to someone who would be interested in pursuing the type of work that you're doing?
1: I think that the most important thing is to know the platforms and the content. So whether that's you know, web design or web content or social media, um, I think that it's good as, on a personal level to understand that and be a part of it. Um, if you're not studying, you know, web design or something in, in school, um, a lot of the, the fundamentals of it, at least, you can, you know, you can learn um, on your own, which, you know, I did with basic HTML skills and things like that. Um, so I think it's important to always be willing to learn a new platform or a new, um, or a new program or something like that and not be scared of that. And also on that same note, not to be too scared of how fast everything goes in the digital content world. Um, You know, we had, you know, Snapchat that everyone was so sure was going to go, you know, really big and everything and then, you know, Instagram kind of took over doing what Snapchat was doing and now people, I mean, besides, I'm sure that there are still like high schoolers and stuff that are on Snapchat, but it's not something that I feel like is, is growing as far as people thought it was going to. So I think it's a matter of, of being willing to figure out what the next thing is, and maybe giving up on something that you you hope is going to work
0: mm, good advice thank you yeah. so that uh, we've reached the end of our our time together, and I want to thank you very much, Sarah, for your time and your insights um they're they're useful, and I look forward to sharing them with my classmates. so I'm going to end the recording uh now and um So thank you.